This week on the Ocean Cruises podcast, I'm having a chat with Lauren Landers. Lauren is currently living in the Bahamas on her 51 foot 1993 Beneteau Oceanis. She sails a boat, sold a Lamar single-handed, and she operates a charter business offering sailing experiences, free diving, spearfishing, and she also works with a partner delivering yoga retreats abroad. Lauren studied and trained as a marine biologist. She's also an ocean conservationist and she has a strong passion for educating children along her travels about life in the water. She documents her experiences on her boat on YouTube. The video productions focus on her maintaining a boat, running charters and also solo sailing around the Bahamas. She's currently making plans to head south and eventually go through the Panama Canal and cross the Pacific. If you want to follow her journey, check her out on her YouTube channel, Lauren Landers. Enjoy the chat. So I was probably in middle school, high school, and I just had this desire that it just came to my mind. I wanted to sail around the world solo and have a boat by the time I was 30. That was like what popped into my mind. Obviously, I don't have that same exact vision now, but that vision had stayed that I wanted to buy a boat by the time I was 30. Um, I don't know what drew me to sailing. But I had a huge draw to it. I've grown up going to the Bahamas every single year, fell in love with it completely. I grew up in Missouri. So the highlight of every year was being in the Bahamas <laughs> for those like two weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, but it will, cause that's way inland, isn't it? It's in the middle of the United States. We have right. a few lakes okay. around and that is it. Right. <laughs> so I didn't really tell anyone this dream until I was in college and I went for marine biology and I would, I genuinely love learning and stuff, but I would make jokes with my professors. I'm like, I'm just going to buy a boat and disappear tomorrow. And both my professors and my parents were like, okay, go do it. Whatever. And I was like joking. <laughs> I could never do that. <laughs> but Mm. Um, pretty much after college, I hopped on some friends' sailboats and it was during COVID. So I got kind of lucky and I just never looked back. I realized that I could also do it. I had great mentors. We have like this little community over here. So we all kind of help each other out if we need it. And it's like, I can do this by myself. So after a year sailing with friends, I found my boat and, um, just decided to go for it. That's amazing. That's so cool. So, like, okay, you. What? How old are you now? Because you said you wanted to do this by the time you were thirty. Younger than thirty. I'm twenty three. Wow. Okay, so you've really got involved in this quite young. Good on you, actually. <laughs> That's well, no, because most people yeah. when they're twenty three, it's like, oh, maybe I'll go on a vacation, or <laughs> you know, like maybe I'll go on a holiday somewhere, or go to Asia for a month, like. That that's impressive. So that's that was my plan. Um, all of high school and college, I was saving up to go backpack Europe when I graduated college. But mm. then COVID happened, and I couldn't do that. So I was working a lot. I worked on a larger sport fishing boats. So it was a lot of dock work, some deliveries. And then I met my friend. She's like, "Do you want to come to the Bahamas and be my co-captain?" I was like, "Definitely." And yeah, so if it nice. wasn't for COVID, I would have gone and backpacked Europe versus jumping on the boats and starting my dream. So it was a blessing in a right. disguise for me. Yeah, in a way. 
to, you know, it's strange. Like I've spoke to so many people who've been like negatively affected by COVID, but if you dig down the surface a little bit further, you can see how it, it in a twisted way, you know, you know, it did bring people some opportunities, yes. but that's great because it wouldn't have put you where you were. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. grateful for it. Yeah. Well, so what did you, did you move to the Bahamas once you decided that you were going to buy a boat or did you just head down there because you have like a job opportunity and it was a better place to be? So I was in Florida for college and that's where I left with my friend on her catamaran and she was based in the Bahamas. And okay. um, so all of my friends were kind of, we spend our cruising time in the Bahamas, but we're all kind of based in Florida. Hmm. And I knew the Bahamas, it's kind of like a second home to me and I'm very comfortable cruising here. So it's a really good learning ground, I would say for me with my boat. Yeah. Um, but that's what the waters are so beautiful here. It's hard. It's going to be hard to leave one day, but it was yeah. kind of a no brainer to start here. You know, I think like the Bahamas is very much to, well, not the Caribbean, but that area, what like Greece is to the Mediterranean. It's like, if you start there, everything is probably not as nice for a long time as you, like, you sail away from it. Yeah. Yeah. The water is crystal clear. The spear fishing is great. And you can't really find that combo anywhere else in the Caribbean. So I'm definitely lucky yeah. to be here. Yeah. So you, so you chose marine biology. What was the reason for that? Were you like really into fish or aquariums or the ocean? So just that I love the ocean. I didn't even know marine biology was a degree growing up in Missouri. But mm. my mom one day when I was in middle school said, made a comment. If I were to go back to school, I'd do marine biology. And that kind of triggered me even thinking about it. So we looked at some colleges and I fell in love with the idea of working with marine life, um, whether that was with aquarium sharks um, on the macro scale. But I fell in love with that idea and that's why I pursued it. Yeah, nice. I, you know, I didn't even know it was a thing also. I, I I think I was about 16 when I got my first aquarium. So I was used to have saltwater tanks in, in one house. I had like, I think it was about a three meter saltwater tank. We do have corals and starfish and all that type of stuff. And I still didn't know it was like an actual job designation, like a marine biologist. Because uh, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was brought up in a town that's like inland and you were lucky if you got a job as like a bricklayer. Um, so yeah, the idea of like doing marine biology was way far out. Yeah, it's not a common thing. I think once you get to the coast, it becomes a more familiar concept. But in the yeah. middle of the United States, not many people know about it. Yeah, for sure. What What was the idea behind doing that? Was it did like did you fancy a career in marine biology? And like, what what is that? What is a career so, in marine biology? This. A career in marine biology can be working for aquariums, spending a lot of time in a lab researching. A lot of it won't get you on the ocean. And um, a lot of people become professors. Some get to do really cool expeditions, but it's not as common. And anytime anyone would ask me, What's, what are you wanting to do? I couldn't really answer that. All I could answer was I love the ocean and I want to be on the ocean. And yeah. I was looking for jobs 
um, and I just couldn't find the right job. There's fisheries, there's management, there's a million jobs out there, but nothing like grabbed my attention that I could do this for the next 10, 20 years. But there are a lot of opportunities out there. They're just kind of harder to find, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so after you after you did your studies and then you like you got this opportunity to go and work in the Bahamas, was was the idea still fresh in your head that you wanted to like buy a boat and travel the world, or was that something that you forgot about until you ended up back down there? Um, no, I pretty much it stayed in my head probably from high school on. I would mm-hmm. be daydreaming about it big time almost every single day and um, listening and reading other solo female stories. Yeah. I was captivated by the idea of it. What was it that captivated you? Was it, was it the idea of being on the ocean because you love the ocean or was it more like the adventure and traveling around the world? I think all of it. I love traveling and I love getting to go to new places and I love the ocean. I became a captain when I was 19. And so I loved driving boats. I love learning everything I could about boats. And this just kind of tied everything in together. Um, I have like some long-term missions too. As I was thinking about this throughout college, I was trying to figure out how can I also give back to communities and how can I make this something meaningful and not just for me. And I came up with the idea of being able to work with local communities, every country I go to and use my marine biology degree to either teach people about the ocean, swimming, free diving, spear fishing, about boats, whatever that might be. Um, so that as I was brainstorming this whole sailing thing that idea came to me in college so in the next two years I'll be starting to implement that as well which I'm really excited about and that gave me a big it made my passion grow even more when I started thinking about this yeah that's amazing that it's so cool that like at that young age your aspiration I think I just wanted to be an astronaut or a Ninja Turtle. So it's it's amazing that like at such a young age, you just say, yeah, for real, I wanted to move to New York and live in a sewer. Then I went to New York. I was like, I never want to go there again. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's great that like at such a young age, you decided that you wanted to do something that was quite impactful and meaningful, um, unlike me, me <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. What, what made well, you want you. to do something like that? Like, do you come from a family that have been, you know, um, done a lot of charity work or been really active in the local community, that type of thing? We were pretty active in the community. Um, my faith is pretty strong, and that was something I've always come oh, back nice. to is how am I going to be able to serve? And that was the biggest question I had, which led to this, is how can I serve and not just live for myself, but also help others. And I struggled with that a lot. Like, how can I do that? I'm just living on my boat. Yeah. Um, so I'm very hopeful that I'll be able to make this work. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, to be honest, like even, even what you're doing with making videos and putting them online, that does inspire people to live like a better quality of life. So 
even if you're not you know traveling to these like remote islands in the pacific or something like you are having a meaningful impact by doing that so it's a good start on that note it that's a really good point you bring up because that has been really cool um some people tell me some people since i've started my channel they bought a boat and they'll tell me that i inspired that and i find that really cool awesome that people have seen my struggles but still decide to go do it and i find that really cool and even if it's not buying a boat but just going out and doing something that you've always dreamed of doing regardless of the risks i really find that cool that people have done that yeah yeah that's amazing yeah well done i mean yeah it's having like a great impact already um so at what point did you decide because like look living by yourself and then like living on the water by yourself are two completely different things one is easy and one's like insanely hard <laughs> so at what point did you decide True. that you want to do it um alone <laughs> so i've always wanted to do it alone i don't really know what brought that on i'm a very independent sometimes stubborn person i would say mm-hmm. and I am very hands-on. This boat has made me more so hands-on and more independent. Um, I had a friend and I had gone away from the idea of doing it solo and I kind of battled with that. And then I got my boat solo and I was like, okay, great. I'm solo again. And um, I'm not opposed to having, to doing it not solo anymore. Um, I really love doing it solo, but I've also loved having friends aboard and even cruising with other sailors. It's a really special thing to share with people. So I'm not opposed to having people on board anymore, really. And I enjoy it, but I do also love the challenges and the growing opportunities that solo operating brings yeah definitely i mean especially like traveling around the world like i I always want to share every experience that's nice that i have with someone um but you can find like a different type of solace and joy do you know when everything is just silent and you can just appreciate things and you're just in your own thoughts um yeah that's quite cool yeah so do do you take crew on there completely So for long crossings, I will be like a Pacific crossing. I will right now. I'm actually hosting some yoga freediving breathwork retreats with another girl. So she's on my boat right now. And Whoa. we've been bringing four people on every week to okay. do some freediving and yoga. So that's been really cool because I do charters alone as well, but it's a really nice balance to have someone else help out and kind of co-host. Yeah. But I am not, for like the larger crossing, I will definitely be bringing people on just because I am a girl and it'd be nice to have at least a pair of another pair of hands. If something were to go extremely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like solo sailing is beautiful when your boat works and then when it stops working, (laughs) it's horrendous. (laughs) Like I've, 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 I've always sailed on my own or if someone else is with the boat with me, I've sailed it, but I've sailed on my own quite a bit as well. And it's like, it's nice until your autopilot breaks and then it's really not nice. <laughs> exactly. So my first month of boat ownership, 
Well, when I looked at my bow a year ago, the engine threw a rod. It was the original engine on a 1993 boat. So I decided to okay. replace it. And I went 980 miles from Puerto Rico, Florida, loaded my boat up within 36 hours, sailed back to the Bahamas, another 36-hour trip, got a charter on, and my engine hydrolock three days later, the brand-new engine. Oh, no. So I had to sail back to Florida from the Bahamas with no engine. And in Puerto Rico, the mechanics had also messed up my solar. So the only power I had was either engine or wind generator. And my engine didn't work. So I lost my autopilot because of battery power on the way back to Florida with no engine. Mm -hmm. But I had taken on one person for crew that trip. And that was the biggest blessing. And that's one thing that I was like, in case you don't have autopilot, 36 hours without sleep is not fun. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, it's, you know, like, it, it shows you how, um, not how dangerous, I don't want to say the ocean is dangerous, because if you know what you're doing, it's not. But it can it can just be so, so stressful. If, like, the boat doesn't work or something breaks, like, it is just way nicer to have Definitely. an extra person there. Like I've sailed by myself a lot, but I, I won't make passages alone. Like I just wouldn't be comfortable with it. Like I, I just want to go to sleep knowing that, you know, something more than a computer is like watching what's going on. <laughs> I just want a, a human up there. Do you know Definitely. What I mean? And it's also that brings up another thing is when you're picking crew, are you going to be able to find crew that you can like really trust and go yeah. and actually sleep? Like when yeah. I do crossings, I sleep in my cockpit, five to yeah. 10 minute naps, wake up, go back to sleep. Mm. Um, but I'd probably still do that until I found crew that I would trust wholeheartedly to. Yeah. If they could adjust the sails and adjust headings, then I'd be like, okay, I can sleep. Yeah, that's good enough. I've like, we, we did a crossing with, um, it's a guy called James who has a YouTube channel called Zingaro. And um, the uh, we went from the Azores to Cadiz, and like he, his girlfriend is not a sailor at all, but he's basically trained her to be like, look, if the if the needle moves, if this needle moves, or if you hear a bang, then you call me, and then she just like knock on the cockpit yeah. and needle up. I'm like, that's good enough. Do you know what I mean? Just someone observe. As long as they're not Completely. an idiot, it could be okay. It's something. Keeping watch is something I really feel like someone can learn within an hour to do. Yeah. Big time. And the more they do it, the more they're going to observe and the more comfortable they're going to be and understand each little thing so much mm. more. Yeah, definitely. Right. Just going back to something, because you said you, you were doing like a retreat and it was like yoga and breathing <laughs> and free diving. Like, yeah. That, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds like a lot. Um, so like, how do you, how do you do yoga on your boat? How do you do group yoga on, on, on a monohull? So, we do the breath work on the bow, but then for the okay. yoga, um, they all go to shore. Right. And so okay. we have like some cabanas and beaches, um, where we're at. Oh, nice. So all the yoga takes place on shore. Right. Okay. You know, I've, I've seen people in anchorages doing yoga on like the bows of their boats and i i couldn't do yoga at like in the stationary position anywhere <laughs> like never mind on a rolling boat that would be so hard <laughs> it's definitely a challenge 
Yeah. So is it? So is this like? So you said you've got a friend who you're doing this with as well. Is this like a business mm-hmm. setup that you're both engaged in in a way? Yes. So nice. she reached out to me last spring. We had mutual friends, and we had heard of each other, but we never got to meet because you're always traveling different places. And she was like, "I want to host freediving courses and breath work on a boat," and I'm like. I've had this vision for two years. Let's do it. So we just decided to go for it. And our last one of the year starts tomorrow. And then we're actually going to host five more next year as well. So it's super exciting. Awesome. That is really, really cool. Yeah. So what, like, where do, where do you get the customers or does she get the customers for that? We both do. It's really cool. It's a really good balance. We both bring in people. That's that's really great. And how does that work? Like, do you find yeah. people through Instagram or do you have a website or like how do you market it? We both we both have a website. Hers is Samudra, mine is Sol De Lamar, and um, we both have the Instagrams as well. So we just kind of make a post, and we also have a lot of great friends that share it as well. And our community is really small, so and a lot of people are intrigued by free diving, and we're in the best place. Yeah to do it so that's also a huge draw for people yeah yeah like for real i can just see that doing incredibly well especially with like the younger generation like the instagram generation because it's just like perfect instagram <laughs> life isn't it you know what i mean you're in the bahamas you're doing yoga and you're right. free diving like what more do you want on a sailboat and yeah exactly, exactly. yeah that's yeah. really cool so okay just like talking about your boat a little bit um Mm-hmm. What did did you did you want to get a boat that you could do charters on and host experiences on? Was that always the plan, or did you just want to generally live aboard and get a smaller boat? So this was a huge decision I had to make, and um, it basically came down to budget because I could either get a smaller boat and it was just going to be me. Or I could go up to the size I have and would have to do charters to maintain it. But I didn't know how long I could sustain myself on a smaller boat because it would not be charter worthy at all. Um, So I kind of did that. The pause, like I did a lot of evaluating and eventually decided, I don't know what my source of income will be if I don't do charters. And this is something I want to do full time. And so I decided to go the charter route and the larger boat route. Yeah, that's great. And you know, like, like what you mentioned earlier on, you know, you want to have like a positive influence and you want to give back and all that type of stuff. It's like, Okay, obviously, you can look at the charter industry as being a bit of a, you know, behemoth money making business. But the way you're doing it, where it's small and it's localized and, you know, you're teaching people Mm -hmm. yoga. I mean, that's just such a nice thing to learn anyway, you know, getting in touch with your spirit and, you know, relaxing and all that. And, uh, you know, showing people marine life and beaches like that, that is giving back in a way. I mean, you're making money from it, which is good, but, you know, you're also giving back. It's been super rewarding. I usually have great people come on and I haven't had anyone that I wouldn't have back, honestly. And I kind of advertise as come live 
my life with me versus come charter my boat. I can, on my normal charters, I think almost all of my guests have either have helped me in some way with the boat. My windlass is broke. My engine has broke. And usually my guests are willing to hop in with anything and help me. And we kind of become like this little family by the end of the charter. It's a lot of fun. I've had people that got to see their shark, a shark for the first time where they got to jump in the blue ocean where you can't see the bottom for the first time. And all of those things have been super rewarding just to see their reactions and let them knock off the little list on their bucket list. Yeah, but that's really, really rewarding. So, okay, when yeah. when you do the what boat is it that you've got? It's a Ben, it's a Beneteau. I know that. Yeah, it's a nineteen ninety three Beneteau Oceanus fifty one. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that is a really good boat. That was a strong boat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you've, that you've was got the probably hull. my biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone yeah. for the blue hull. <laughs> we we literally bought a boat like two weeks ago. And there was many more versions that were just gel coat. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going blue hull. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy it now that I have it as well. Mm. So what made you particularly pick that? Obviously, it's a good size for chartering because it's, it's probably got like yeah. four cabins, I'd imagine. So, or have you got like a master so and then two smaller ones? That was actually the biggest decision. I knew I wanted both aft cabins to have their own heads. But yeah. I didn't want my room to be a charter room. I wanted to have an owner's bedroom. And nice. I cannot tell you how many boats I looked at, and it was impossible to find. It's either like a 3 2 or 4 4 or 5 5. There's no yeah. 3 3 anywhere. And eventually I came across this boat, and it used to be a five cabin, five head boat. And it's had three owners and two owners ago, they converted it to a master in the bow. And then the crew quarters became um, storage. So I have three cabins and three heads. So it's kind of the dream layout for me. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Like you you can chill in the bow up front and then you can basically take like two groups of uh, paying cabins along exactly yeah 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 that's right we're actually doing the uh the same the boat that we've got is it's got like two two up front two two at the back and then you've got like your um your bow cabin which is meant to be for you know skipper or whatever but that's my job (laughs) i don't need to put any i think the washing machine is going (laughs) um but yeah on the one that we're getting you can like you just take out a wall in the uh, the in the front cabins or the aft cabins and then you've got like one you, you can have a master in the back or the front, which is really cool. Exactly. It's so nice. I really like the fact that you can do that with boats. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what made you specifically pick that one? Like we, we looking at a few different brands, a few different manufacturers. I was looking at boats that were older than 2000 because I wanted that sturdy, thick hole. And, yeah. um, I've always been drawn to Benetos because of the layout, mainly for chartering, I guess. I looked at a million different brands. I was happy it was a Benetto. I'm just drawn to them, but it was never like, I need to have a Benetto. 
Um, I didn't care at all about the size. I'd be happy on a 36, honestly. But if I would have found a 3.3, that was like a 44, 46, that probably would have almost been ideal. But I do love my crew cabin that got turned into storage. I yeah, really humble. Very happy about that. <laughs> but yeah. it was basically just wanting an older boat. That was the big thing I looked for, an older boat that was taken care of well. Yeah, that's a that's a really great place to start. And like two, yeah, strong priorities that are quite sensible. <laughs> so like good on you yeah. for going into it with that. You know, like th- that is probably quite I, I imagine it's challenging. It's got a bow thruster on it, yeah. I actually had to add bow thrusters. That was one thing right. um it didn't have. But for me, I put myself in the worst spots I've ever docked in and with a boat with two engines. I was mm. like, I'm gonna get bath thrusters for that. If I'm so low and docking in those conditions, I'm oh, gonna yeah. want them big time. <laughs> yeah, like def- I've I've spoke to like quite a few people who've got like 50 to 55 foot boats and they've got no bow thrusters. And it's like my my previous boat was like 34 foot. And when you're trying to um when you're trying to like med more into a spot and you've got like 20 knots on the beam. It's impossible. <laughs> like you literally can't. Like you are just going to be hitting a bouncing off of a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you had some experience on a catamaran before you bought that one, or did like what made you specifically so want had, to get a monohull? I've always wanted a monohull, and I, I'd say sport fishing boats are kind of like my babies. I know how to drive them, and I know them very well. But they're not like the dream life that the sailing gives you in a way, I guess. Yeah. And catamarans are great, but I'm, I feel like you're either in between or you're just one or the other. And I am definitely it. Just I prefer monohulls. Yeah, and, one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I just prefer monohulls. So I, it was never even... It never crossed my mind to even consider getting a cat. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've I've just, I think I was 16 when I first like wanted to, well, came up with the idea of like sailing in different countries, not necessarily sailing around the world, but like I've just always pictured just like a nice classic looking monohull, do you know what I mean? With good lines. Yeah. I, I appreciate catamarans like like i've just spent a week on like a new nautitech which is like actually it's a gorgeous mm. catamaran it's really nice but they don't feel like a sailboat i don't know how to explain it without pissing people off <laughs> but like they don't feel like a <laughs> sailboat to me i don't know well they can't sail a lot of directions so that might be why <laughs> also fair i really yeah. enjoy being able to sail up when <laughs> yeah yeah we we were trying to um i think we were probably about 60 degrees apparent and it was struggling and and that this was like a catamaran with pretty thin holes like it wasn't a lagoon or anything like that and yeah it was struggling it was it wasn't getting any decent speed at all so yeah i'm pretty happy with, with the direction <laughs> you know they're so bloody expensive like we we were having uh, we've been doing like some boat reviews on catamarans and it's like if you want a good used catamaran that like isn't you know like mm-hmm. a, a a lagoon or just some like apartment type of thing um you need like 400 grand like they're a lot of money they are a lot of money that's also another factor i cannot afford a catamaran <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they were cheaper i think more people would, would probably sail them 
Um, they are comfortable. Probably. You've got a hell of you've got a hell of a lot of living space. But I prefer monohulls. You know, you they go down into the saloon and it's like cozy down there. It's, it just feels safer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what made you want to start, like, uh, you know, creating video content um, for people? Was is that something you've always fancied as well, or was it a random idea? No. I had a friend who kind of introduced me to it. He was going to start a channel. And then I had a few other friends that had started channels during COVID, but life got in the way and they just never maintained it. And so I've never been a YouTube person, honestly. I don't really watch it. But um, on my when I went to go get my boat in Puerto Rico, I started filming uh, just to film. And then when my engine hydro locked, I was stuck in Florida for three to four months. And I was like, well, I might as well just see what this whole editing thing is about. And I just started kind of playing around with it. And then kind of just kept, once I published a video, I was like, might as well just keep doing this. I had nothing better to do, honestly, than film me as I was doing all these boat projects. And then yeah. I sailed back to the Bahamas and that video just randomly one day blew up and that gave me a lot of motivation. And then I just kind of kept it going. I'm still learning a lot by far. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a hard job a as well. Journey. It's a very time consuming job. I've kind of the past two months we've had nonstop retreats. Plus I'm trying to edit and take care of the boat with only two, three days in between charters, plus do all the mm. normal boat, try to find laundry, groceries. I'm like, okay, I think it's time that you realize you've taken on about three jobs and you need yeah. more time. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. That, that is pretty wild. Like 23, you're now running a charter business. You're running like a yoga retreat business. You're managing your own 50-foot boat um you managing a uh youtube business uh yeah you've got a lot going on for a 23 year old <laughs> it's kind of slowly started to hit me in the past few weeks uh, like you're actually doing a lot and you kind of need to take a step back and rest a little bit but i can't because mm -hmm. i have to maintain all these things but it's yeah. given me a lot of good insight for the next year so i've cut down my chartering dates big time for next year that way i can focus give the boat the attention it deserves give youtube the attention it deserves and also give the people the attention they deserve versus yeah. trying to juggle all three at once which so it's been a really great learning experience these past three months well yeah because i mean this is your first go at it really this is your first time you've tried to do all these things at once so um yeah yeah you've realized it's a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> yes big time and i've had yeah. hard drives crash my laptop broke a few days ago so it's been um that put the editing a little behind too so it's like i have to do an all-nighter i have to get a studio out tomorrow so it's been fun but yeah, the techno the technology side of it as well like i obviously don't do that much editing i just like get this video and just put it straight on or try to avoid it because it's really hard but like if your computer breaks you're completely screwed there's nothing you can do if, if your memory card and those memory cards are so flimsy 
I bought a new one like three weeks ago for my drone. I took it out of the thing. And then when I put it in my drone, I broke it. I snapped it. I was like, oh okay. Oh my that's... gosh. And it was like 128 mega giga. For, you know, I'm not all into it. Anyway, it was a big <laughs> one and it was a 4K one and it cost a lot of money. I was very pissed off. So oh, yeah, you need a lot of technology. It could be really expensive. It can be big time. Yeah. So what's what is the plan for like next year? Are you going to do like another season in the Bahamas with the charters and then do some videos with that stuff as well? Yes. So I made my 2023 plans about one month ago. I have not released it publicly. So this is going to be kind of the first um, announcement, I guess. I have decided to do only about 20 days of my traditional charters, which are just me solo operating. They're more guest, um, they're more personalized for each guest. They tell me what they want to do and I take them to whatever island, whatever islands are going to fit their needs best. Mm. And then we will be doing four um, rounds of some hammerhead shark diving. And, wow. mm hmm. Then I'll take about a month or two off in between the hammerheads and then the next round of yoga retreats. And while we're in Long Island, Bahamas, it's where Dean's Blue Hole is, which is the second deepest blue hole in the world. Yeah. So we have the vertical blue freediving competition here, as well as a deep week camp. And we, my friend Allie and I have helped out with both of those this year, and we're planning to help out with both next year as well Amazing. they're going to be more spaced out next year which is going to be great so between the retreats and those will be busy all summer and then i'm going to as of now venture down to the caribbean for the first time um oh, cool. yeah oh, that's, and that's, then that will so, you know, be that's... pretty much it's, it's such a practical way to like organize your year. Do you know what I mean? Like just do these things in batches, like, because then you can modify your boat as well and like change the layout or get new equipment on like specific to the type of uh, chartering that you're doing. It's great. Exactly. And that way I have breaks in between for YouTube because I do need to do solo sailing for the YouTube, in my opinion. Um, I think that's the easiest for me to film and also the easiest for me to edit and also what I feel like the viewers been drawn to. So mm -hmm. I that I do have to treat that as a priority as well. And giving the boat the attention it deserves and the breaks. And then I'm really excited to branch out and leave the Bahamas. I'm not excited to leave the Bahamas, but I'm excited to go to some new cruising grounds before I take a leap for the Pacific in a few years. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a big one. <laughs> what is, so you think <laughs> that's going to be a big so, one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There's a girl I did a podcast with called Holly. I can't remember her last name, but she does um, videos and she, she, I think her videos are wind hippie. They're called wind hippie. These videos that okay, she does. Cool. Um, she's like a solo sailor. I think she's in like a mid twenties, but like she, she was born on, not born. I think she was born in a hospital, but you know, like she was born and brought up <laughs> on, um, on set. Maybe she was born in a boat. I don't know, but I, I think she was, she was, um, brought up on sailboats because a pair, uh, so it was like oh, a parents cool. and a, her and a sister and they, they were like circumnavigating on like a 20 something foot boat. 
So she was just like born into this life. But yeah, like she started in Maine and then she's now in Fiji, I think. Um, wow. But yeah, that would, that would be a cool one for you to check out, actually. She's done that all by herself as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, right, I just I want to ask as well about, so the free diving that you do, um, mm-hmm. what got you into that? Just being in the ocean when I was younger, and I think around middle school, high school is when Instagram kind of started, and I saw people free diving. And I was like, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I was fascinated by it, and eventually I got to the start, and I just fell in love with it. Um, so in Florida, that's when I started free diving more. I became a free dive instructor a year ago. So it's oh, wow. been a fun journey. Yeah. That's so, so cool. And do is, for you, is it more about like swimming around the reefs or are you more interested in like trying to get as deep as possible? When I first started, I was very into the depth aspect. And mm. right now I've kind of taken a step back and focused on enjoying my dives and getting back to loving it again. But I think I do see some more depth training coming up in the next few years as well more for fun but Mm. it's a nice feeling to do a nice clean mind dive yeah it looks great you know i've never really had the opportunity no well that's lying i've had many opportunities to do it i've just not bothered um but it's it's something i like want to learn and i want to get into i just have a really i have a huge problem like i i get like five meters down and i feel like my head's going to explode and I can't carry on. Equalizing, um, yeah. Equalizing mm. is a huge issue for a lot of people, but it's because we're taught to equalize um, in a different way. And so we have a few ways for equalizing for freediving that are game changer and allow people that think they can't do depth and then they can do depth. So it's really cool. Can you give away the secrets or is this... Um, it's just a <laughs> few different no i can definitely it's just a few different um free diving like equalization techniques not like not blowing but it's yeah, more like a lock in your throat um if i could okay. recommend anyone to learn um adam stern on youtube has amazing Australian videos that guy. go into yes yeah amazing I know videos he's, he's a on champion equalization. Or yes right yeah teaches equalization very well and he has a youtube video on it so i definitely recommend that if anyone is wanting to learn their equalization. oh okay i didn't know he did like educational videos i've seen a bunch of them where he um he goes like free diving in like rainforest caves and stuff like some of them look yeah pretty wild well and he can't see anything like he'll literally just free dive in blackness (laughs) i'm like what are you doing mate that looks terrifying He does a lot of fun stuff. He was actually out here doing his deep weight camp about a month ago, and he, I got to take him spearfishing out here, which was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. It was fun. Well, I think he's definitely the most popular on YouTube, I think. But he, I'm sure he's a world champion or I would agree a record that. holder, mm-hmm. something like that. Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, and then you incorporate the spearfishing into that as well, 
in a way, or like the breath hold part. Yeah, if people are interested in spearfishing, I definitely love to teach them. It's a yeah. big learning curve, but it's fun once you get a hang of it. Yeah. You know, like what what is the secret to, I mean, there's obviously techniques to it, but once you swim down there, you're basically just hanging out, like waiting for a fish to go past. Have you got like different techniques of like concentrating on your breath and relaxing your body? Like when you're down there as opposed to actually going down. Relaxing is the biggest thing. Um, Just being comfortable enough to kind of sit in the sand and just being comfortable is honestly the biggest thing. Comfortable and quiet. That will make Mm. the biggest difference in both your free diving and spear fishing. Well, it's the same as scuba diving then, isn't it? Because if, you, if, you, if you're panicking when you're scuba diving, like you'll use a tank up like way, way quicker than if you're just breathing, like quite controlled. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. like that. And so you, and you offer that as part of like the charters you do? I do. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So just so like people can hear and then go and check this out. Do you have like a website where people can go and see all this I type of do. stuff? I do. It's my boat name, soldelamar.com. Okay. What does that mean, soldelamar? Yeah. Soul of the sea. So um, oh, okay. it's soul of the sea and law was my nickname growing up. So my mom kind of came up with the name. But (laughs) 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 yeah, well, you've got you've got quite a sensible mum. This I think the last thing I would do is opt for my mum to name my boat. I don't know what it would get called. (laughs) Probably something pretty stupid, right? Okay, and all right. So the plans that you've got going forward, you've said that you want to like head across the Pacific. Are you still thinking that you want to do a circumnavigation or you want to sail around the world? Yes, it is definitely on the list. I'm super excited for it, actually. That's brilliant. Have you have you got like a, a kind of cruising route in mind? Do you want to like do the horns or do you want to go through the canals? What are you thinking? I have a lot of research to do. I would start going through the Panama Canal, um, the mm. Gulf Coast, French Polynesia, and that's about as far as I've gotten. <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> I think, yeah, like like on a serious level, it's just like okay, I know the route to French Polynesia, then the rest of it, I've got no clue. Um, so I need to exactly like, buy a book or something like that. But yeah, I mean that would be amazing. You're like Malaysia, Thailand, you can even head up to Japan, I suppose, something like that if you wanted that to. That would be but, a like, dream. Yeah, you know, actually, in, t- in terms of like the Bahamas, not like very low rise islands with shallow water, but in terms of like the beauty, like Thailand has got to be quite close. I'm very excited for that. I've actually been to Thailand when I was younger and I really enjoyed it, but I really want to go back by boat and see it from mm. a whole nother perspective because everything I see now just looks absolutely stunning. I'm really excited yeah. for that. And what about the um, idea of cruising through the Mediterranean? Is that something I really want to? I really want to. I, oh, really want to. Um, I didn't always have that in mind, but then I got this boat, and I was like, I wanted to take this boat everywhere. I'd go to the. Mm. I'd go anywhere in this boat. So I do really want to do the med as well. 
I mean, it's quite a good boat to do the med. I mean, as long as you have like, you have to have a reliable engine because there isn't much wind here <laughs> a lot of the time. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's a shame because yeah. it's like the most beautiful sea in the world, really, with the most history and the most culture. But yeah, for sailing, it's not very great. <laughs> you can spend so like a day on the water. The med. It's just, like, yeah. I want to, when I get to the med, I want to be able to be able to leave my boat for a little bit, go and explore, come back to the boat. Yeah. And that's kind of my dream I have anyway. But mm. I'm, the culture and all that stuff is a huge draw for sure yeah it, you know and it's so easy to do that here i mean I've, I've never um cruised around like the bahamas or the caribbean or anything like that i spent a bunch of time there um on vacations so i know them pretty well but um like in the mediterranean it's i think it's a lot cheaper to just like moor up your boat somewhere take it into a marina and you know i like, just take a few days out and go and explore like a you know a temple or a cathedral or something like that um and I, I just a, a massive advocate for like trying to get people to sail over because not many people do, especially from your side of the Atlantic. Most people think of doing the yeah. Caribbean and going round. I'm like, exactly. like every, everything that, that made your part of the world the way it is came from this part of the world, <laughs> like South <laughs> America, Spanish, you know, America, England, like it all, it all came from there. So it makes sense to give it a shot. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, listen, thanks very much for taking the time to talk about your um, story. Yeah. And um, it's just super impressive. Me. It's great to meet you. Thank oh, yeah. You. Like, on, honestly, it, it's so great. Like, when I was 20, 23, my only ambitions were just like getting drunk after work. And um, you are <laughs> doing a lot more than, <laughs> than that. So good on you. I think you're going, well, going in the right direction. You. I appreciate that. I was very happy to hop on here with you.